We are back at it. It is game week. Yes, we have made it through the slog that is the summer. Uh, I'm Carson Cunningham, joined by Kyle Porter. Kyle's still slogging through uh, building a new website, I hear. But, uh, Kyle, we have made it to game one. It is uh, game day tomorrow. Are you excited? Yeah, I am excited. Uh, kind of a lot going on right now, but football is good. It still it doesn't if it, the first game always feels weird, especially because Oklahoma State usually plays a, a bad team, and it's you know there's not a ton to look forward to other than live football, which is always fun. So yeah, I'm incredibly excited. Uh, I will be more excited whenever my website issues get uh, get straightened out. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to. I'll, I'll be in Stillwater tomorrow, so it should be fun. Yep, I'll be up there too. Uh, you do sound stressed. I'm sorry you're dealing with those issues. Uh, but no, you're right. I think the college football season, like the off season, is so long. It almost doesn't feel real that we're gonna have a college football game tomorrow. But uh, it is exciting. Um, we have to make some predictions here, Kyle. Um, let's predict uh, the season. How are you leaning? I know you and I have talked, you know, the p- previous two or three weeks. Uh, we're getting more and more optimistic. I think you're even more optimistic than I am. But uh, have you made your season prediction yet on, on win totals? Yeah, we, we, we put up our sort of predictions and just thoughts on what's going to happen this season on the site today. But I said that Oklahoma State would go – Nine and three, and play Texas A and M in the Texas Bowl. I think the Texas Bowl is the third or fourth best bowl. So, uh, excuse me, for third or fourth best best bowl with Big Twelve ties. So, I, I think that Oklahoma State finishes somewhere around. I think I said tied for third, fourth, so somewhere in that range. I I think, I, and I read about this earlier in the week. I think there's a scenario in which they finish second and play for the Big Twelve title, but. I, I don't think that's super likely uh, just because of, you know, just because of how much they're unknown there is at quarterback. So I said, I said uh, nine and three, six and three in conference and playing Texas A&M, which would be awesome uh, in the Texas bowl. I like it. I think that would be an excellent season. Don't you? I mean, nine wins with what all they've lost. I think that would be one of the better coaching jobs Mike Gundy's had. And obviously they have a gauntlet in the season at Oklahoma, West Virginia at home at TCU. Um, I'm going to go, I've just been torn between eight and four and nine and three as well. I think I'm going to go eight and four though. I, I know I've said I was being optimistic. I think they, I think they get to the Kansas state game undefeated. I think they lose at Kansas state. They don't, they haven't had a whole lot of success up there. Even Rudolph and Washington had to, pull one out of the fire to win up there the last time they were up there. I was at that game. I think they lose at Kansas State. I do think they beat Texas at home. And then I think they... One, two... You know what? I'm going to go 9-3. and three. I'm not buying West Virginia. I think, I think they beat West Virginia, but lose to Oklahoma and TCU. So what, I just changed my pick midstream. I'm going 9-3 and three as well. But I think, I think that last game against TCU, I think they're going to have a real shot going into that game if they beat TCU they can make it to the Big 12 championship game I don't think there's going to be a team that's really close to OU record wise I think the battle is going to be for second so I think they narrowly miss out going to Dallas so you have you have OU winning the Big 12 obviously yeah I just and they have their own question marks I don't think they're obviously as good as they've been with without Baker Mayfield and their defense is still is what it is but I just I don't see a real challenger there I'm 
I'm higher on TCU than most. I'm da- I'm way more down on West Virginia than most. I mean, who really is going to give them a run for their money? Do you think? OU. Yeah. I, I that's the thing. I I feel like it could be, and, and this is why I'm sort of optimistic about Oklahoma State is because there's not a team going in. You look at the SEC and and you're like, okay, well, Georgia and Alabama, pretty pretty obvious. But you look at the Big Twelve and you're like, well, OU's probably going to be pretty good, and then. I don't know. Uh, Oklahoma State has a great infrastructure. TCU has a great infrastructure. Show me something, Texas. West Virginia kind of needs to show me something. Uh, we talked about that last week. So I I don't know. I, I think Oklahoma State fans should be excited about this year just because Gundy's proven it. They have great playmakers. The only question, and again, it's a big question, is it quarterback? Yeah, and how do you how do you think they'll handle that, Kyle? I I heard some people talking about it recently, and I know there's going to be a an urge with this new redshirt rule to play all three. But wouldn't you be worried about? I would be anyway. Like obviously you're going to play Cornelius until the score's out of hand. Then you play Drew Brown. Uh, but I would be a little hesitant to play both because you know what if there's an injury at quarterback, and then you have to you know, play that guy more than you anticipated. I'm, I'm worried about losing a redshirt year for Drew Brown or Spencer Sanders if, you know, an injury occurs and you end up playing them in the Missouri State game when really they're not needed. I don't know. I, I'm i sure they'll play all three, but I wouldn't. I would try to play Cornelius as long as the score was in doubt and then play just Drew Brown and, and make sure Sanders sits. Like, I, I, I'm not sure I really want to waste one of those four games on Missouri State. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I hadn't thought of it that way. It, it's it's weird because it's almost you, you're almost trying to you're trying to help teams out and players out by allowing them to play, and you're almost making things, especially in situations like this, more complicated for somebody like Mike Gundy, who is thinking, okay, well, if I'm going to play Sanders, yeah, that that's super interesting. I I had because in my head I had just thought, oh, well, they'll you know, they'll play Sanders and, and, uh, Drew Brown and, you know, whatever. But what if, what if Cornelius just <laughs> plays the whole game? I mean, that'd, it'd be well, crazy. And you right? don't, you don't want to do, you don't want to do that because he's your starting quarterback, right? When you get, when you get up on a team like Missouri state, you play so your backup. Would he? I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that if he's just going to hand the ball off. Yeah. I mean, I, and again, coaches don't think this way. They're not, like even though OSU's had their fair share of quarterback injuries, they probably should think this way. Uh, coaches don't coach scared, so they're probably just going to play Brown and Sanders and just not worry about it. But I would be a little worried about using up one of those four games on Missouri State. So that's something that kind of popped into my head. But uh, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see how well Cornelius plays. I, I loved the quote that, that Gundy gave uh, Barry Trammell about you know, he was talking to Coach Holder at practice, and Holder asked him about Cornelius, and he said, well, Coach, uh, we, we've seen him on the driving range, but we haven't seen him on the tee box. <laughs> I love that analogy. So it's interesting great. to see how he handles a, a game-like situation. Yeah, if it's anything like us, it's not going to be good, going from the driving range to the tee box. We are driving range. All, we look like... <laughs> We're like the anti-Whedon. You know, Whedon supposedly didn't look that great in practice, but played lights out in the game. We're like the anti-Whedon. We're like the Alex Cade, I guess. 
yeah, <laughs> of golf. That's, that's not good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the other thing that we did was we predicted offensive and defensive MVPs. I presume your offensive MVP is the same as I think everybody. Yeah. Everybody had the same. Uh, do you have anybody different than justice Hill as your offensive MVP going into the year? No, I mean, if he stays healthy, I think he, he can get to New York. That's how good I, I think he is. Um, but the question I have is, can he stay healthy? Which we don't really talk a lot about that with, with Justice. It's like a, it's a given nowadays. But I looked it up, Kyle. He, he's been remarkably durable. I mean, he's played in 26 out of 26 possible games in his career. And that's even, you know, being a slider-sized back carrying it as much as he has. I mean, he's rushed for over 1,000 yards in two seasons. He's been remarkably durable. So I think if that trend continues, you know, I'll knock on wood for Mike Gundy. Uh, I think he's, without a doubt, going to be the offensive MVP. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. What about defense? Oh, defense. I got to go bundage just because mm. he's going he's gonna to be like the oboe of this of this defense like he might not rack up a bunch of tackles but he'll make some of the most you know eye-popping plays like a forced fumble sack and he's just gonna be Connor mcgregor strutting around which i love uh so i'll go with bundage yeah that that's uh that's who i went with as well i, I think that he, he has i don't i don't know if he's their best defensive player they're most consistent or they're most important but he has the potential to be the biggest disruptor and i think when you look at jim Knowles's defense that's where the that's where his bread is buttered right is is these guys that disrupt get sacks cause turnovers and you don't bondage is sort of perfect for that because he doesn't like he will get beat and he'll get beat badly but that's sort of a staple of this defense. And again, like people are going to have to just kind of get used to that. Uh, but I think that bondage is sort of perfect for at least philosophically what, what Jim Knowles and Oklahoma state are trying to do. Uh, have you seen this? We have breaking news on the podcast. Uh, Boone Pickens has put out his, his statement. You got a chance to look at this yet? I, uh, I have it in my inbox. I just opened it. Yeah, he's basically giving like his state of the address for the season that he normally does, just in a kind of a release. Uh, he, but the interesting part here, he, he talks about his health status, Kyle, and, and you're down in Dallas and closer to the situation, but he's had some, some strokes and he's had a few falls, I believe, and hasn't been doing well. But he's uh, saying that he's doing better and still intends on coming to some games this year, if not all of them. And he says, uh, him and Mike Gundy have healed a lot of wounds last year. Mm. And he formed an unlikely friendship with Mason Rudolph. Uh, aside from his parents, I truly believe I'm his number one fan. He and James Washington will be fun to watch in Pittsburgh. So he kind of gives an update. It's it's pretty lengthy. And he's talking about moving his house to Stillwater. Yeah, um, I had heard about that. He's he's As I write this, my boyhood home is being moved to Oklahoma State at Karsten Creek. I've always decided that's where in hopefully a decade or so I'll be buried. The Holdenville house is a great depiction of my life in southeastern Oklahoma. So it sounds like Boone is, you know, he's given a health update and it sounds like he's making, you know, as morbid as it sounds, making some final plans on on how he wants to uh, be laid to rest. 
Yeah, it's pretty staggering. You know, the last couple of years, he's just, uh, his health has obviously deteriorated. And I don't know, you, you think about the beginning of all of this, because we, we sort of measure a lot of this stuff by how long has Gundy been in Stillwater? I don't know if that's the right way to do it, but, or not been in Stillwater, but been the head coach. Uh, and that's, you know, you think back to 05, 06, and that's a long time ago. It's, you know, almost 15 years ago. And just to see, people evolve and age and grow up and I don't know it, it's pretty it's pretty interesting to think about and and Pickens has certainly been a big part of that for sure I mean it's scary to think where OSU athletics would be without him so yeah it's, it's good to good to get an update from Boone yeah for uh, sure. you ready to do a toast yeah we're gonna do something a little a little different this week we're gonna toast this is like a it's like a pre-toast. It's like a uh, I don't I don't know I don't know what it is, but um, it's time for the toast of the week. It's time for the Coop Elworks toast of the week. Coop Elworks bring great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. If you're next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coop Elworks, and please remember to drink responsibly. So this week we are going to toast who we think. Uh, is somebody to watch for in game one uh, in Stillwater on Thursday night. So why don't you go ahead and uh, give a, a pregame toast to who you think is, is going to star on, on oh, Thursday. Oh, you know where I'm starting. Crack open a Saturday siren. <laughs> I'm looking for number 13, swagged out, dancing at midfield pregame. And Kyle, I joke about Tyron Johnson a lot, but I am interested to see how many snaps he plays and how many balls get thrown his way and just how how big of a part of the offense he is. Because as I've kind of harped on all summer, he, he wasn't a factor at all last year other than two games. So, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see if he lines up as the number one guy outside or the number, you know, just starts and is a factor in the offense. And let's... <laughs> Let's face it, he, he his best game last year, I think, was the first game of the season, other than Bedlam. So maybe uh, we'll have a little deja vu. But I, I'm looking to watch Tyron. I, I'll toast a Saturday siren to him. But also, to Kyle, like just another one is J.D. King. How, much, how many carries is he going to get? Because as we've talked about before, I think he's a huge factor this season. So, But I'll go. I'll toast Tyron. I like it. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna open a uh, an F5 because that's what this guy's gonna look like in in game number one. To Chuba, I want to see it. Ooh, I'm ready. Yeah, I want to see it. I I think I think we're doing this thing where he's been so hyped up by all of us and fans and whatever that we're thinking he's gonna be like Tyree Kill, whereas the reality is that he he might not be. Like I, I think I think we're I think we're overrating him, but he goes you know he he subs in for one of the kicker turns and goes like ninety six to the house. Then I'll just we can erase <laughs> these tapes. We can erase the podcast. To to your point about overrating him, remember when we ranked our our playmakers and we had him like what seventh? Yeah. Somebody tweeted me was like I can't believe Chuba wasn't higher. I'm like, oh really? The guy, has, the guy hasn't played a down in America yet. I mean, it feels it feels like if anything he was he was too high. I mean, it, like I think there's yeah. a, I think one of my predictions, my surprise prediction of the year is that LD Brown is more productive than Chuba. Now, part of that is because LD is going to return kicks and 
you know, play some running back and whatever. And I, we don't like, I don't, I don't know what Chuba's is going to do. Obviously he's going to do some stuff, but what exactly that is, I, I'm not, I'm not totally sure. So uh, I don't know. Aren't, aren't lot... you shocked? Aren't you shocked? He's not on kick return. Yeah. I mean, I think it's telling though, isn't it? It's not a good sign. No, it's, it's not. But because... I will say the, Let's go ahead. Well, Gundy was talking him up a lot last year and then, you know, first depth chart of this year, and you're like, wait, wait a second, where's where's Chuba? Well, here here's how much they were talking him up, or how high they are on him. I mean, he would come up a lot without being asked about at Big Twelve Media Days. But I remember last season, I was listening to the game broadcast OSU Kansas. I can't remember if I was driving to the game. I, I was listening to the radio broadcast, and Robert Allen was talking that he was talking to a coach from Kansas, and he was asking about the running backs and Robert just starts talking about Chuba Hubbard who is redshirting at the time. He, he was telling them all about Chuba and I was like, wow, he must be making some ridiculous plays in practice for Robert to even bring him up ahead of guys like JD King or LD Brown. You know what I mean? So I think the hype's there for a reason. Uh, I don't think he ends the season, not returning kicks. I'll put it that way, but that was pretty shocking that he's not on kick return. Yeah, it really is. Uh, do you, by the way, do you have a surprise prediction for this year? A surprise prediction. What was yours? Mine, mine was mine was LD over Chuba in terms of production productivity. Uh, just ending the season with more, I don't know, yards, touchdowns. I, I I didn't give a specific definition, but that that was just some something in that realm of things. Hmm. How about J.D. King scores more rushing touchdowns than Justice Hill? Yeah, I, I think that's a good one because, yeah, I like that. If he gets I, the goal line carries, he'll have a shot. I, but, I mean, I, that still is a little crazy because we know Gundy likes to talk about giving Justice 15 carries, but ultimately he'll end up with around 30. Or <laughs> he, 70. I mean, J.D. King had 36 by himself at, at West Virginia when Justice Hill got hurt. I know that's an a rare crazy. situation when he's by himself on the depth chart, but yeah, that but was... that's kind of a hot take. But I, I like that. I like I like Tylen Wallace leading the team in touchdown catches. That's a yeah. kind of a dark horse candidate. He's a big playmaker. So those are kind of like my my hottish takes, surprise picks. Yeah, no, those those are good. Those are fun. Um, Is it Tylen or Tillen? I said Tillen on TV there tonight. I think you dude, got I, me saying that. I I don't know. I mean, I I yeah, I can't even get. You know, yeah, I'm I'm not, I'm not the I'm not the person to ask here. Another sure. one I screw up every single time is I I call him Juju Schuster Smith. <laughs> I I can't get him. Is it Smith Schuster? It's Smith Schuster, isn't it? I have no idea. Or is it Schuster Smith? I, I get that I, wrong every single time. I would believe anything. I have to look it up. <laughs> okay. On my fantasy team too, and that's how much I don't know his name. <laughs> What's uh? Let's talk about uniforms. Smith Schuster. Smith Schuster. <laughs> so you did get it right. I don't know. I said it both ways, probably. Let's talk about unis. We got a, We got a. We got a uni prediction time. Carson. Oh, my favorite time of the year, along with the <laughs> actual game. Let's you won last year. You I, you were wrong. Last time we talked, you thought you'd never won. You won last year. Yeah, I did. It's just a walk off. Let's get to this week's uniform preview. Brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. 
Okay, Carson, uh, what is your prediction for game number one? And how specific is this going to be in terms of helmet and all that stuff? Well, that's what I was going to ask. Like, shouldn't we get bonus points if we get the face mask color correct? Remember well, the bowl game last year? No. Just the logo is all we're going for? The color and the logo? Yeah. On the helmet? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, I do think you should get – so here, here's what I think. Maybe we, should, maybe we should change this up. You should get a point for uh, jersey color, a point for pants color, a point for helmet color, and then a point for helmet logo. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so there's four points available each week. Okay. And then you'll just get like street cred if you nail like a new face mask. Yeah, and I mean part of the problem is you always get these freebies with like the white jerseys. And so it just feels – sometimes it feels like it's too – not easy, but you're just all kind of doing the same stuff. So let's let's do – we'll tell Southwell this too. We'll do, jer- we'll do helmet color as well as helmet logo. Okay. Uh, you want me to go first? I've got mine locked in. I got mine locked in too, so I don't, it doesn't matter. No, you, you go first. Okay. I'm going white, orange, white because that's what they always wear first game. But for the helmet, I'm going with the. This is this is rogue. I'm going rogue. I'm I'm off the board. I'm off the rails. Maybe. <laughs> I'm I'm going with the. 1988 OSU logo. Whoa! I, I, right off I the know, bat. Yeah, I know. I know it's crazy, but I think that. Here, here's here's what I think. I think if they're going to do the 1988 uniforms. They do it obviously during homecoming, Texas, Barry's back in town, all that. But I think you might get like a sneak preview early on. And I think this could be a good mm. game to, to do it. Yeah. Going out on a big limb here in week one. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they've mixed it up in, in week one, the last few years. So like a couple years ago, they had the Chrome white helmet uh, or they had the, the white helmet with the OSU logo, but it was kind of chromed out. Mm-hmm. And then last year they had uh, Patriot Pete, and now this year I'm saying 88 throwback helmet. Okay, I like it. I, I thought there was a really good article by Nathan Ruiz and the Oklahoman that kind of took you into the decision-making behind everything with the equipment guys, and they are superstitious. They basically let that be known. So I think they're definitely opening with white, orange, white. I think that's kind of become our free bingo space each season in our uniform predictions. Like we know they're yeah. wearing yeah. white, orange, white to start the season. Uh, I'm going to go uh, on my white helmet. I'm going to go the badge with an orange face mask. I think they're going to match up the face masks. We've seen one with a black face mask. We've seen one with a chrome. Kind of like what they did with Patriot Pete last year. I think they're going to go orange face mask with the badge. So okay. white, orange, white. And that, that, I was I was kind of waffling between that and the, the chrome brand that you just mentioned uh, in your prediction. So I'll, yeah. I'll go with the brand, though. It's, or I mean the <laughs> the badge is what I'm going with. So. I think that's uh, I think that's a good call. I think that's a better prediction than mine, but I had already locked it in. So, did you read that article? No, I I don't read anymore. I just fix problems with the website. Okay, I don't I don't, I don't read it. Yeah, I'm sure his facts were straight. Well, you need to read it because it's like our whole world is in there on <laughs> uniform predictions. Everything you could possibly be interested in. That's and I, it was interesting. They kind of go by the decision making that they, because remember back in 2011, like Gundy said that like Whedon and Blackman just picked, or, like the team captains just picked, and I was yeah. like, well, 
it's got to be a little more intricate than that. And especially once Whedon and Blackman moved on, it's like, well, they're not just letting uh, Caleb Levy pick the uniforms or whoever was left over on that team. Right, I was like, right. there's some, it's a little more intricate than that. So the equipment guys kind of go over looks and then they kind of run it by the players. So it's, it was a pretty fascinating article. So I wanted to give Ruiz a shout out for doing that due diligence yeah. on uh, Unis. Ruiz is great. Good writer. Good dude. Yo, Collie just cranking them out, man. Anthony yeah. Slater, Kyle Fredrickson, Nathan Ruiz. Am I missing anybody? They're just Marshall cranking them Scott. out. Marshall yeah. Scott, our guy. Yeah. Yeah. Me? Luke Garza. <laughs> Me, you, Hayden Barber. We got, we've got just a, yeah. It's a fa- just a factory. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can call myself an alum of the Ocali since I was there for like your, f- four days. Your name was printed in the paper. Seven count. days. I might have been there a week. Yeah. You want me to cover women's soccer? You gotta pay your dues. You can't just write a Bill Simmons call and right off the bat. I didn't I didn't I I didn't understand how it worked. I deserve to be I deserve <laughs> to be fired and you just <laughs> graciously let me quit instead. Um <laughs> Okay, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and then we will be back to wrap things up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, uh, what else are we forgetting heading into the first game of the year? How, are you excited about the Jumbo Tron board thing? I'm kind of taken aback by it. Like, I think it's going to affect play at night, like the glare. Like, that thing is going to be so bright at night, Kyle. And it's, like, eye level for quarterbacks. So, like, what I want to see is when the opposing team is driving toward that end zone in, like, a tight game, like, put, like, really distracting – like, put, like, a strobe light up on the Jumbotron. Like, is that – can they rule against that? Can they make them (laughs) – I'm kind of joking, but kind of serious as well. (laughs) It feels illegal, even if it's not that it will be after week one. (laughs) But, no, it – it is going to be overwhelming, and I'm interested to see how they use it. It's it's sort of – I mean, it's in a great spot, obviously, because everybody can see it, but it's also kind of awkward because it's behind the goalpost, and it's – I don't know. It's just it, – it's weird. It, it doesn't like – Could you put the little, like, hypno, hypnosis spiral <laughs> circle when a kicker's up there lining up a field goal to win the game? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that would be incredible. Um now I'm excited to see that. I'm I'm excited. Just I don't know. Just football game days in Stillwater are great. I'm gonna be up there for most of the day, uh, then heading back af- afterwards. So should be a should be a fun night. Uh, should be a blowout. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm ready for it. Me too. Can't wait. Okay, let's do it. We will uh, we'll see you up there tomorrow night. Sounds good, man. Talk to you later. See ya.